Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. He is the embodiment of all power, of all riches, of wisdom, strength. He is all those things. He is all those things. And then in verse 13, now we got the heavenly choir and notice those on the earth, under the earth, and such as are in the sea, they will sing praise to God the Father and the Lamb Jesus Christ. Welcome, everyone, to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's Truth in Christ radio ministry with our senior pastor and teacher, Rob Kellogg. The scripture today says, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. This combined worship of the Father and the Lamb is strong testimony to the deity of Jesus. There can't be the slightest doubt that the Lamb is to be reckoned with God and as God. This is a good example of how our praise and worship should always be to the one who gave his life for us. Now let's join Pastor Rob for today's lesson. Someone who is still growing in their worship gets tired of the same song, but a real saint of God can say, you know what, I can sing how great thou art, I don't care how many times, and I can still think about it, and I can still magnify my Creator, Jesus, through that song. So don't grow tired of older songs and things we've done. It's good to do a new song. Sometimes the old song, we can sing a new song with an old song. Does that make sense? Because our hearts can be changed, and we can draw near to Him. So don't allow your worship of God to be stale and stagnant. Even if you know the words in your sleep, praise the Lord, you don't have to look at the screen. Close your eyes and worship, <laughs> right? Psalm, 3, Psalm 33 says, David says, sing to him a new song, play skillfully with it and shout for joy. Psalm 96, oh, sing to the Lord a new song, sing to the Lord all the earth. I love that. And notice in verse 9 again, you are worthy to take the scroll. You know, as, you, as we look at these three uh, doxologies, these three exclamations uh, of, of praise that we're going to see in this chapter, the first one is in, in, in verses 8 through 10, and it's referring to the four living creatures and the 24 elders. In verses 11 and 12, we're going to see another group 
the angels offering worship to God. And finally, in verse 13 through 14, we're going to see all the heavenly hosts and also everyone on the earth, under the earth, and in the seas worshiping God. Do you see what's happening? It's like a concentric circle. Jesus is in the center. And then you have the, the 24 elders and the four living creatures around him singing. And then around them, you've got this multitude, this myriad of angels singing. An innumerable number. A hundred million at least. And then, on the outside of that, you've got all of creation worshiping, and all of it's pointing toward, toward, toward the center. Who is the center? It's Jesus Christ. He is the center. Is he worthy of giving your life to him? Is he worthy? He gave his life for you. He gave up so much. And we will see him for eternity. He gave up everything for you. Are you willing to give up your life for him? He may not call you to give up your physical life, but are you willing to give your attention, your life to him? Believe me, anybody who does will never be ashamed. They will never regret it. There's always regrets on the deathbeds. Do you ever notice that? When you get to somebody in their deathbed and they're, they're dying their last breath and they got tubes sticking out of them and they're all pale. I wish I would have. I wish I would have. <laughs> I wish I would have given more. I wish I would have loved more. Daughter, I wish I would have done more for you. I wish I would have said I loved you more. Wife, I wish I would have told you how much I valued you, how much I adore you. Son, I wish I would have played more with you. I wish I would have played ball with you. I wish I would have went to more of your games. Live a life with no regrets. And live a life sold out to Christ. You will never, ever regret it, no matter what. No matter what. You will never regret it, but you will regret it when you, uh, you know, at the end. You know, because even if you're a Christian and you've been lazy, and even if you're a Christian and you've been kind of like just checking out and doing your own thing, believe me, there's coming a time when we'll stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And you know that this is not about heaven or hell, okay? This is about believers being given rewards for what they've done in the body since they've been saved. And you're going to see people receiving awards. And maybe you'll receive some too. And others are going to get rewards, rewards, and rewards. And then it's going to matter to you. If it doesn't matter to you right now, check your heart. Say, Lord, what's wrong with me that this doesn't really bother me? I got my fire insurance. I'm going to heaven. That's all I care about. Really? Is that all that matters? What about the here and now? What about a life being blessed now? If it was just about going to heaven, I mean, everybody would be giving their heart to Christ and then living like the devil. <laughs> it makes no sense. If you've got the hope of glory and you're going to be going to heaven, why not live like it now? Why not live with him in your heart now? Why wait? <laughs> you may not have an opportunity. There are many saints over history that have given their literally their lives and their and their their life to Christ. Polycarp was one of those men. He was the bishop of Smyrna. You remember we read about him when we were looking at the church of Smyrna in Revelation two. But Polycarp was burned at the stake alive. And then when the fire wouldn't consume his body, the Jews of that town they took out knives and they stabbed him to death. Because he wouldn't die. It wasn't happening quick enough to slake their thirsty lust for his death. But he gave his life. And God may not cause you to give your life physically. But what are you doing with the rest of your life? 
In Acts 20, I love what Paul said. He says, None of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus Christ to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. In Acts chapter 5, the apostles before the Pharisees, after they were beaten, they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing what? That they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Notice why Jesus was worthy in this chapter, in this verse 9. He was worthy because of what? He was slain. And that's the reason. You are worthy to open the scroll and to open its seals. Why? Because you were slain and also that you have redeemed us to God the Father by your blood. That is the reason. Jesus died once and for all. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says, For Christ suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust. Romans 6, verse 10 says, For the death that he died, Jesus, he died to sin once and for all. But that he lives, he lives to God. Do you love that? I love that. But you were redeemed. And you've redeemed us, these these living creatures and, the, and these 24 elders says. You have redeemed us. You were bought with a price. It says in First Peter that you are not redeemed with corruptible things, as chapter 1, verse 18, like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct, but with the precious blood of Christ. That's what you were redeemed with. And Peter goes on in chapter 2, verse 9, and says that you are a chosen generation. You, all of us, were a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. It literally means his own purchased people. You've been bought. Does that bother you? Depends on who bought you. You've been bought. I'm so glad that I've been bought with the one who saved my soul. The one who loves me. The one who loves you. He's very careful. He's very nurturing. He's very gentle. He's very loving. So glad that I belong to Jesus. Are you glad that you belong to Jesus this morning? He has purchased you. And have made us kings and priests to our God. And notice, and we shall reign on the earth. Jesus speaking to his disciples, he said, Assuredly, I say to you, this is Matthew 19, verse 28. He said, Assuredly, I say to you, disciples, that in the regeneration, again, Jesus speaking to his disciples, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, we're talking about the millennial reign here, You who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. They have a specific purpose. They're going to be kings and priests. God has created a kingdom and priests. And every one of us, beloved believers, every one of us, are going to be priests in the Lord in the millennial reign. I love what it says in Revelation chapter 1. John is greeting uh, the seven, he says, to the seven churches which are in Asia. And he goes down, but then he says, and, and, and he's telling who the letter is from. He says, it's from the seven spirits of God. It's from John, me, but from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and notice verse 6, and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever. And ultimately, in Revelation 20, what does it say to us? 
In verse 4, And I saw thrones, and they that sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness to Jesus, and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received his mark on their foreheads. And we're going to look at all of these things as we go through the book of Revelation. It's going to be a fascinating time. And 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 a very timely message for us, a timely chapter, a timely book for us to be in as we see the things going around. Does anybody feel it? <laughs> you can actually feel it in the air. <laughs> There's something happening. Does anybody, is anybody awake? Can you, you attest to that? There's something happening. Things are moving in the direction that this is telling us about. It's forewarning, telling us in advance. Don't worry, Christian. You may not like it. I don't like it either. But can we be joyful? Can we be resting in him nonetheless? Absolutely. We don't have to lose our minds. But notice, in Revelation again it says, And they lived and they reigned with Christ for what? A thousand years? Absolutely. A thousand years. In the Greek, it means a thousand years. (laughs) Right? There's no way you can sneak in any other thing. It's a thousand years. Everybody say it. A thousand years. Amen? All right, let's go home. A thousand years, but the rest of the, and then it says, but the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection, which we will, over such the second death has no power. Notice, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him. What? Again? Yes. A thousand years. And then I look, verse 11, and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne. They were around the throne, around the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000. The word in the Greek here is interesting. It's myriads, which where we get the word myriad from. It's an innumerable amount. But if you were to do the math, it would be 100 million. But it's more than that. It's, it's, an, it's an amount that we can't even comprehend. And I'm glad about that. And all those in the church who are raptured, we will see this throne room. We will see this scene with our very own eyes, with redeemed bodies in heaven, while we wait for God to pour out his wrath on a world. We are going to see what we're reading about. Does that excite you? And if it doesn't, it's okay, I guess. Because you know what? In this flesh, is there anything in our flesh that really desires God? Honestly? No. In this flesh, very little. Only what the Spirit of God does in me do I have any desire at all. Left to myself, I would just be drunk on a beach somewhere in Fuji. That's my flesh. But God, right? But God. We will see this. Notice verse 12. And this, now the heavenly choir alone is singing this praise, this doxology. Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and honor and wisdom, strength and honor and glory and blessing. All of these seven qualities that are listed here are at least those characteristics of what Jesus will receive. They are the things who Jesus is. He is the embodiment of all power, of all riches, of wisdom, strength. He is all those things. He is all those things. And then in verse 13, now we got the heavenly choir and notice those on the earth, under the earth, and such as are in the sea, they will sing praise to God the Father and the Lamb Jesus Christ. Notice verse 13, and every creature which is in heaven, under the earth, and such, I'm sorry, every, every creature which is in heaven, and on the earth, and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, 
All that are in them, I heard saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. And this phrase, heaven and on the earth and under the earth, although it speaks of three different places, it's really just speaking of the universality. Is that a word? Universality? Whatever. Universal. It is. It's It's a new word. (laughs) the universal nature, there we go, of of that, of, of the worship that's going to happen. There's no place where it's not, even those in the sea. Can you imagine if scientists were able to find out that creatures, birds, you know, when you think about what a bird does, those beautiful creatures that fly and land in your uh, little thing in the backyard with the water and they twitter around and they... It's like, what are they saying? Are they communicating with one another? I believe they are. Are they worshiping God? They might, in, in, their, in their little minds, who knows what language they're speaking, what, how they're giving thanks for life. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. The creatures in the sea and whatever intelligence they have, do they, are they cognizant of a creator? How would we know? Unless God told us. Then the four living creatures, verse 14, said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and they worshipped him who lives forever and ever. Heaven is real, folks. And there is, and this is where we are going to be. We're going to spend some time in this place. And this is sort of like, the, the, as we end chapter 5 here, this is like the calm before the storm. And I'm so glad that God put these two chapters here, 4 and 5. We're getting ready. When chapter 6 starts, things change. After the church is removed, can you see what would happen if we, when we are removed? Do you know that you are, the, uh, in Thessalonians it says, only he who now restrains will restrain until he be taken out of the way, and then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the brightness of his coming. Who is that thing that restrains? It's you and I, the Spirit of God within the church of Jesus Christ. When we are removed, trust me, there's going to be no resistance. No resistance. There'll be nobody standing at town hall saying, this is not right. We cannot do this. It is not right to, to defund the police. It is not right to, for, to abort babies after they've been born. These things are not right. We will be removed and they will say, let's do it. And nobody will be in their way. They will do what they want and they will get what they deserve. Do you know the angels even said that? As God is pouring out his wrath, he says, worthy and just. They are worthy for what's happening, Lord. The inhabitants of the the world are worthy for the judgment. That's really hard, isn't it? That's a part of God that I don't know very well. It's not a part of God that I even like, but it nonetheless is a part of who God is. Because he's a God of love, but he's a God of justice. We make the decision. What choice will you make today? Keep a light touch on the things of the world, Christian. What does it say in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24? Do, not, do, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? 
Run in such a way that you may obtain it, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. But I discipline my body, and I bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Paul is speaking about running the race of faith. Are you running the race of faith today? Or are you just kind of resting on your laurels? Are you resting on your lees? Folks, we have to get up out of our seats, out of our chairs, and we have to start being vocal again about Christ. We cannot allow ourselves to be lulled to sleep any longer. Now is the time that we have to rise up in love and in grace. We have to rise up and not allow the flesh to come in and the fear and all of this stuff to keep us silent. No, quite the opposite. We need to wake up, all of us, myself included, we need to wake up. And what does John say in his epistle? And we'll end here. This is not an easy thing. He says, do not love the world. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Does that mean that you can't love your, your car, your house? Well, it depends on what do you mean by loving your house. If you love it so much that you'll do anything for it, there's a problem. If you love it because you're thankful, that's okay. But you know the difference between loving it and loving your wife and your family and loving God. You would gladly give up all that stuff for your wife, for your daughter. And certainly you'd be willing to give up everything else, including your own life, for him. We know there's a difference, and you know the difference. But... For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away. Do you realize that? It's passing away. There's coming a time after the thousand years. Do you see the time frame here? When the church is removed, seven years of judgment. Christ comes back with us to the earth. The millennial reign starts. A thousand years commences. At the end of that thousand years, what does the Bible tell us in Revelation 21 and 22? This current earth, these stars and moons, everything, dissolved in fervent heat. A new heaven and a new earth. New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven on the earth. And that is where we will spend eternity. And that is it. In a nutshell. The world is passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will, notice, he who hears the will of God will abide forever. No, he who does the will of God abides forever. Do you want to be a doer of the word? Do you want to hear those things and appropriate them in your own life? Put feet on those things. That's why we have to stand up. And let's do that. Let's stand together. Let's all jog in place. No, just kidding. Let's run the race. Let's run the race. It is a glorious race. And guess what? It doesn't matter if you're slow. It doesn't matter if you're crawling. It doesn't matter if you're in a wheelchair. It doesn't matter if you've got one leg or one arm. You run the race. And everyone in Christ is going to get across that finish line. God will be sure of it that you will get across that finish line. Regardless of how you feel. Regardless of your imperfections. If you're in Christ, you are going to get across the finish line. You may be the last guy. <laughs> Can you imagine seeing some guy in a wheelchair who's got one arm? 
He doesn't have any legs, and he's just pushing that thing, and everybody, all the church is waiting for him at the finish line. And they're rooting him on. You're going to make it. And he does. How cool is that? Amen? Father, we thank you for this time. Lord, as, we, as we've looked at your word this morning, Lord, we look forward, uh, even though it's going to be uh, interesting, it's going to be challenging, Lord, for what's coming next as we look at Revelation 6 and onward, God. Not a popular passage, not a popular section in the Bible, but nonetheless important, Father. And so, Lord, help us to keep all these things in perspective. Help us to run the race. And help us to endure, to abide in you, Jesus. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our journey through the book of Revelation. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.